Welcome to the Testudo Times Podcast, Maryland Women's Basketball Edition. I'm Damon Brooks Jr., joined along with Maryland Women's Basketball beat writer, Andrew Chodas. Andrew, how you doing, man? I'm doing well, Damon. Thanks for asking. It's it's spring break here up in College Parks. So we've had a lot of time, you know, just to focus on the team a little late from, from studies, which is nice to kind of focus on the big Sweet 16 matchup ahead. So really looking forward to it. Certainly, man. It doesn't get better than, you know, you know, watching college basketball during spring break. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't get much better than that. So the Maryland women's basketball team obviously finished 2-0 and in their first NCAA tournament victories, defeating Holy Cross 93-61 on March 17th. Five players and double figures. Then Maryland returned on Sunday to defeat um, Arizona 77-64 with a dominant third quarter by Donald Miller. Andrew, what was your biggest takeaway from Maryland's first two NCAA tournament victories? Well, I'll start off with my positive t- takeaways first. I think that I, I really loved how they got contributions from all over, um, especially against Holy Cross. And then in the second game, you know, Cheyenne Sellers and Don Miller both got near triple doubles. Faith Mastonis, really good contributions uh, from her. Brene Alexander, 18 points, you know, off the bench. Re- re- really good two, ga- two games from her, really. So I really like how they're getting contributions from all from all around the lineup. Absolutely, and I agree. I, I think the way that they, they started the game with, on a really high note, I believe they only they only allowed, what, eight, eight first-quarter points yeah. from Arizona? It was eight or seven. You know, yeah, it was eight. So, you know, to hold, hold a team under eight in the NCAA tournament, that's an impressive feat in itself. And Maryland shows when they dialed in on the defensive end, they're really difficult to defend. They're really difficult to contend with because they're able to turn D into O and get out in transition with their athletes able to, you know, to make make defenses, you know, pay in transition. You know, Cheyenne Sellers is dynamic in transition. We know Diamond Miller is, you know, a WNBA prospect for, you know, based on, you know, her ability to dominate in transition as well. And with Brene Alexander's, you know, sharp shooting from the outside, you know, Maryland Maryland has proven to be a, you know, a formidable opponent, you know, going further in the tournament. Yeah, Damon, I, and I think that's, that's that's really, really well said, and I think you're exactly right there with when it comes to defense. You know, Maryland, as we discussed, they don't have a lot of size on the interior, but but on the perimeter, when they're able to get their press, get their steals, we saw some huge blocks from Sellers and, and Miller against Arizona. They're so deadly in transition, this team, and that's going to be a huge key a huge key to victory if, if they want to win against Notre Dame. If there was one Achilles Hill, Andrew, that you saw in their first two games that you would like to see them strengthen, what would it be? I, th- I think for, I think it has to be the second quarter. Um, and Holy Cross too. You know, you hold them to four points in the first quarter, and then the second quarter, you really allow them to get to their game, kind of slow down Maryland a little bit, and score seventeen points. And then Arizona, you know, you have a huge lead after the first quarter, seemingly all the, all the momentum, and then all of a sudden Arizona goes on a twenty to four run, outscore you twenty five to fifteen, and take a lead at the halftime. Right, and that that, that that's not going to hold up against 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 uh, such a good team in Notre Dame. You have to play for four quarters, and if they keep on letting up after the second quarter, which has been a theme throughout the season as a as a whole, they're going to run into trouble. Absolutely, and I agree. I think I think Maryland's Maryland's biggest weakness, I believe, they must try to strengthen. You know, going into this Elite Eight game with um, sorry, with Sweet Sixteen. Well, Sweet Sixteen. I'm sorry. I'm I'm I'm, I'm my apology. Sweet Sixteen game with Notre Dame. Um, I think they have to work on you know being dialed in for the entire forty minutes because when they played when they play well defensively they they are now under under ten points but when they start to relax and take their foot off the gas a little bit boom they they average over you know twenty twenty or more points in a quarter evidenced by their by their performance versus Arizona yeah, so I think it's gonna be, it's gonna be, it's gonna be really important for them to you know string together consistent possession but also when the offense is not clicking finding ways for the defense to be solid. So they have something to rely upon. 
Yeah, no, and this is something that, that Coach Free said earlier in the season. When their defense is good, their defense is so good. You know, right? In the first quarter against Arizona, hold them to eight. Respond the third quarter, hold them to nine. Right? So when when, when they get their transition D and they're able to turn that into transition O, they're a really hard team to beat. But they're going to need to sustain that for four quarters instead of just two. Absolutely. And so, Andrew, Maryland, Maryland plays Notre Dame tomorrow morning at 11.30 a.m. from Bon Secours. Wellness Arena in Greenville, South Carolina, in the Sweet Six in the, in the Sweet Sixteen, with a chance to advance to the Elite Eight. Um, they're facing Notre Dame, a team they played um, previously this year in the ACC Big Ten Challenge. Um, Maryland star senior guard Diamond Miller used a fake Masona screen to create separation for her viral one-legged game-winning jump shot to give Maryland the 74-72 victory. Andrew, what's your first impressions of this game going to going, going into tomorrow? Both teams are tremendously different from where they were in, in, in December. Um, when you look at Maryland, personnel-wise, there hasn't been much of a change. But, you know, success-wise and how they've been able to grow, this is a completely different Maryland team, right? I, I don't really think we even need to talk about it. I think everyone listening kind of knows how they've been able to come together and just strengthen strengthen themselves to a number two seed, you know, one, one of the best teams in the country. Um, you know, if you look, look across the way to Notre Dame, that's where we see a lot of change personnel-wise. You know, Dar Mabry tore ACL after the season, one of Notre Dame's, you know, experienced guards. Olivia Miles, as we know, one, one of the best guards in the nation. You know, she uh, she's out for the remainder of the tournament. So Notre Dame's lineup looks a lot different. Um, we'll kind of go into a little, a little more depth. Notre Dame, they're, they're basically rolling out four forwards right now. They're, they're, they're a really, really, really big team, especially on the inside. Mm-hmm. So it's a completely different makeup than the Notre Dame team that we saw in December. Absolutely. And just to back up your point, you know, obviously Olivia Miles is out with a knee injury for the rest of the season. And, you know, she had 14 points in their previous matchup. So I think her absence is going to play a big a big key, key in tomorrow morning's game. But I think Maryland had to find a way to get contributions from others because they only had two players in, in double figures last game with Diamond Miller's 31 and Cheyenne Sellers is 17. When Maryland was able to get contributions from Abby Myers, Lavender Briggs, Brene Alexander, you know, Faith Masona always chips in, you know, her points, rebounds, steals, and assists. You know, she does it all for the team. And I could, I believe if they could find a way to get contributions from Abby and Brene able to hit her three, Maryland mm-hmm. can find a way to, you know, maybe close out this game early and maybe, you know, you know, win this game going away. Yeah, no, for sure. And and I think another thing when you look at um, the last matchup was Maryland was able to get some of Notre Dame stars in foul trouble early, which is going to be an- another huge key uh, for this matchup. And I think that's something that, that they are going to try to exploit pretty early because Maryland's a much more – they have a much more athletic starting five than Notre Dame's currently uh, rolling out. So I think that, that they're going to try to thrive in transition, get to the hoop with Diamond Miller. So I think, you know, foul trouble is going to be a huge, a huge conversation early on in this game. But I think you're exactly right. It's, it's spreading the wealth, right? You know, all the attention is going to be on Diamond Miller and Cheyenne Sellers. So how can the others like Lavender Briggs and Brene Alexander, how can they how can they come and contribute and, and, contribute and you know, hopefully for Maryland propel them to, to their first Elite Eight since the 2014-2015 season? Exactly. And so, Andrew, what do you think is more important for Maryland to get this victory in the Elite Eight, their defense or their offense? What? It's 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 a tough question because when you look at, at and and well, if you look at Notre Dame's current starting lineup, this is the one that they rolled out in their first two games in the NCAA tournament. You know, it's you look at if you're just looking at the team, you have six three, six foot, six four, six one, six four. 
And I think that's something Maryland struggled with, obviously, has has the throughout the season has been to adapt to teams huge size. So I think it's gonna be can Maryland use their athleticism and length on the wings and try to exploit that in transition against Notre Dame. And I think if they're able to do that, they'll have a ton of success and they'll also have a ton of a ton of success on the perimeter. Um, so, but I think it's going to be defensively, which is where Maryland's going uh, going to need to be at their best, purely because of all the size that Notre Dame has on the interior. And it's going to be like players like Faith, like Faith Masonis. You know, if if she can, even though she's only six one, we've seen her defensive mentality throughout the season. If she's able to to kind of backstop Maryland when they're going when they're going to need it most, because you know that Notre Dame's going to try to exploit the post play early and often. Absolutely, and I agree, Andrew. I think I think Maryland's offense is going to be, you know, the key to them getting the victory tomorrow because when Maryland's offense is able to, you know, be dynamic and score in bunches, yeah. they're really difficult to defend with. And then also, like when Maryland's able to get in transition, because when when the transition floor opens up, you're able to find a Bernie Alexander, you're able to find an Abby Myers, you're able to find Cheyenne Sellers. The floor opens up, you know, exponentially better for the for others and allows them to be more efficient from either the outside or going to the basket. So, you know, defenses are, you know, at their mercy of whether they want to allow drives to the basket or perimeter shots. So I think if Maryland can find a way just to, you know, string together consistent possessions, take care of the basketball, find ways to run through their offense, set solid screens for one another, they can really find a way to, you know, they can really increase the intensity of, of their offense and also increase the electricity of their offense. Yeah, and, and and then, you know, I'll also add there, when you speak on, on defending Notre Dame, Ever since Miles, you know, left the lineup, their offense has taken a huge hit, you know, because Olivia Miles is one of the most prolific passers in the nation. They're averaging basically 15 points less a game than they were with Miles in the lineup. And they're really a stagnant offense right now. And kind of their their go-to is set up inside, get in the post. But if Maryland's able to, you know, to, to press like we've seen and force some early turnovers and use their length, I think Maryland has a really good chance of advancing here. Absolutely. And, you know, you know, I know the Dame's second in the ACC was 74 points a game. And to lose 15 points of that is, is a pretty significant drop. So, Maryland, you know, Maryland has to find a way to exploit that, exploit their inability, exploit Notre Dame's inability to score and mm-hmm. find ways for them to score in bunches as well to create, you know, a, a comfortable, a comfortable um, method of separation, you know, between them and Notre Dame. Yeah, and I'm I'm also I'm really intrigued to see how Maryland is able to contain Lauren Ibu. Um, you know, inside she's she's their six foot four center, and she's had a couple of really good games. Um, in a row, you know, she gets a lot of rebounds, a, a, a lot of points. Um, and I and, and they and they've been trying to get her the ball. And the, the Irish have a lot, a lot, a lot of late. Um, she's just so much bigger than everyone else in the lineup. So I think if I think if Maryland's able to defend her early, and get her off the f- floor, get her in foul, foul trouble, I think that's going to be a huge key to the game. Yeah, I agree, and I think. I'm I'm also interested to see how how Coach Brenda Freeze you know uses her lineups because she yeah. normally starts with the, her usual five of Elisa Penzon, Faith Masonis, Diamond Miller, Cheyenne Sellers, and Faith Masonis. But to start the second half versus Arizona, she didn't start Elisa Penzon. She inserted Brittany Alexander to the lineup. Really so I'm interested. I'm, I'm interested to see how she you know she tweaks the lineups to kind of you know exploit mismatches and find ways you know for her to get others scoring because. Obviously, when Brene Alexander's on the floor, it spaces the floor more for Diamond and Cheyenne Sellers for them to have lanes to the basket, and also for Brene Alexander to find lanes in the basket. And then when you when you have you know Faith Masonis knocking down her mid range jump shot, it makes Maryland just that much difficult to defend. Well, and, and, but you you know when when you talk about being so difficult to defend, you know after the Arizona game, you know 
um, Arizona's head coach, Adia Barnes, was asked, you know, what makes Maryland so difficult to stop? You know, and and, and she said it's their size on the, it's their size on the perimeter, it's their length and athleticism that they have from their wings, which makes them so hard to stop in transition. Which I think that Maryland is is I personally just just based on you know the athleticism and then the kind of the just the, the options that 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 Notre Dame's lost with miles out. I think that's something Maryland's really going to be able to exploit is kind of driving downhill and being able to score a lot of points off transition. So obviously, you know, Maryland defeated um, you know Notre Dame early in the season, seventy four seventy two, okay. which was one of their seven ranked seven ranked victories for the season for for the Terps. How do you believe that game propelled the rest of their, you know, their surprising season in the Big Ten? Oh, huge, huge. I, I think when when you ask a lot of the players, um, and the, the Maryland players of what of what game kind of hit a switch, you know, they they automatically go to to the to the big UConn game, you know, at home. But from my perspective, I think it's I think it's that Notre Dame game, right? You're you're two games off of a shock loss against DePaul. You're four and two. You're on the road against such a good team in Notre Dame. And behind a, might I say, legacy performance from Diamond Miller, one of the best games of her career, you know, you get a huge win, put yourself back in the national conversation. I I, I, I genuinely think that might be Merrill's, it might have been Merrill's biggest win of the regular season, because I think it kind of gave them the confidence that, all right, we're able to beat these national contenders, right? There's So, you know, all, all the doubt from the, and the noise from the outside, forget that. And if you look on how they've, you know, they had three losses to, to end the season just after that, you know, 22 wins. Or twenty-one wins and three losses after that that Notre Dame game. So I think it's yeah. huge. Yeah, I agree. Just a bit off your point, Andrew. I, I, I'm totally agree with you, everything you said. You know, but Maryland, you know, they they really showed a lot during that game. I believe Maryland, you know, coming to the season with nine newcomers and what one returning starter. That's not that's not easy to trot out and you know, find ways to have success. And Maryland, Maryland had great success this season. To go eleven and two on the road, you know, that's really impressive. You know. You have a team that's a young nucleus and a team that doesn't have much chemistry playing with another. And to go on the road and to be a ranked team, number seven in the country at the time, to beat them, that's pretty impressive. That's a big confidence boost for a team that was looking to build chemistry. And as you saw the rest of the season, they continue to build chemistry, obviously, with notable wins over UConn, Iowa, and Ohio State twice. Maryland continue to build confidence, and I believe confidence is so important with this team because they're going to need they're going to need confidence as they continue to move forward in the tournament as they look you know to bring home their first national championship since the 2006 season. Well, I I think it's also a little unfortunate that because you know direct, the game just a few days after that Notre Dame game was the Nebraska game where they lost by 23. So I think mm-hmm. just the significance of the Notre Dame win kind of gets overlooked when you look back at the schedule just based on what happened after. But no, you're totally right. Ginormous victory for Maryland that was against. A full, fully healthy you know, Notre Dame squad that was number seven in the nation uh, at that point. So again, again, it's a ginormous win at that at that point in the season. So, you know, obviously, we, obviously, we know the stars, Diamond Miller, you know, and you know, um, Coach Ivy on Notre Dame's team, and Coach Freeze. What what player do you look? What player do you think you know will have the biggest outcome in both teams getting the victory um, tomorrow morning? So you're saying one player from Maryland, one one player from, from Notre Dame. Correct. Okay. Um, from Notre Dame, I, I think you have to look at at, uh, at Sonia Citron. She's an outstanding talent. Um, she 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 put up twenty four points, ten boards, um, a couple a couple a couple assists against Maryland last game. And she's and ever since Miles and maybe went down, she she's led she's led that that Irish team. Um, you know the offense runs through her. I think you know the, the way she's able to score on, on all three levels. 
She's an, she's a heck of a player. So I think she's going to be, you know, Maryland's Maryland's focus on the outside. You, got, you know, you have all Notre Dame's bigs on the inside, but I think that the offense run, runs through Citron. So I think she'll be the biggest focus and she'll be crucial for, for the Irish. And for Maryland, I'm going to double down on what I said last week. I think this is a Cheyenne Sellers game once again. I, I think this is a game where, you know, she, Sellers, athletic, lengthy, in transition. This game is suited perfectly for her, so I wouldn't be surprised for her to have a huge game and, you know, and if the if the Terps want to advance to the Elite Eight. Absolutely, absolutely. And I'll start with Maryland. I think it's going to be really telling. For, I think it's going to be telling for Brene Alexander to have a big game because I feel like when she's having a big game, you can just tell the team's more lively. When she's hitting threes, you know, teams, you know, the whole team is standing up with their three three fingers in the air before the <laughs> shot even touches the rim. So I believe she has a, like a, you know, a magnetic personality, especially when she shoots the basketball that, you know, the whole team wants to see it go in. You even see the coaches get antsy as she shoots the ball. So, and she's shooting over 40% from three, you know, she's a sharp shooter. She comes over from Vanderbilt. She's a prolific scorer. It's her first time in the tournament and she's making the most of her opportunities. So I believe if she's able just to, you know, Get early buckets, get early buckets, and usually, you know, stretch her, stretch her distance from three. Maryland can, Maryland can find a way to really, you know, win this game and, and hopefully, you know, be dangerous in Elite Eight. And also, I would say for Notre Dame, I would say that's a tough one, but I would have to say Maddie Westbelt. I, I say Maddie West, I say Maddie Westbelt, she's a really good player and, you know, she's, she's shown the ability to shoot, even though she struggled to shoot from three as of late. You know, I believe she, she can shoot it, you know, but, you know, she, Unfortunately, you know, she's off right now. In the previous game versus Maryland, she had eight points, went four for nine and 0 for two from three. You know, if she could find a way to, you know, maybe knock down her shots and find a way to get to her mid-range, to get some confidence seeing the ball go through the net, then it, then maybe extend her range to the three-point line. I think yeah. she's really interested tomorrow morning. No, and, and just speaking a little more on West Belt, she's also had a really good NCAA tournament. You know, in, in their round 64 game, she put 20 points. In their last game against Mississippi State, nine points, fifteen boards. So she's she's playing she's playing really well, doing all the little things at the right time. So I I I think she has a good chance of giving Maryland trouble on the interior on the interior tomorrow. Right, and so the the Terps, you know, the winner of the winner of Maryland Notre Dame's game will play South Carolina. The winner of South Carolina UCLA on Monday, at a time to be determined. So we're gonna get right into it, Andrew. Maryland seeking to make the lead eight for the first time since when, Andrew. 2014-2015, where they lost to UConn in the Final Four. So I'm asking you, Andrew, give me a prediction. Does Maryland make it to the League Eight? What do you think? Uh, oh, um, I, I, I do. Uh, I, I, I do think Maryland makes it to, to the Elite Eight. Um, I think if they are able to get to the Elite Eight, I think that any team would struggle against most likely South Carolina. But no, for tomorrow's game, I, I – I do think Maryland's able to get off to a really good start and 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 and, and kind of exploit you know Notre Dame's lack of athleticism on the perimeter. I I, I would say I think Maryland say probably an eight to ten point victory is my prediction. Nice, nice. And so see, I see I see it differently. I think Maryland starts a little slow, but they begin to get, you know catch their footing before halftime. Yeah, I believe Maryland uses a dominant second half to cruise to a 12 to 15 point victory and makes their first elite eight since the 2014-15 season. Oh well, I I I do want to add this. I think because we talked about how Notre Dame, their new offense, they try to slow it down, they try to dish it inside. I think if they're able to to get to that early and kind of force Maryland into a slower tempo, which is really not how Benefries likes to play, I think that that might that's going to tell a lot of how the game's going to finish. But if Maryland's able to force even just a couple of early turnovers and speed up the game, 
I think Notre Dame's going to be put under a lot of pressure, and, I, and that's where the game's going to be decided. Absolutely, because, you know, when Maryland's able to get to that one 2 press, they can really cause havoc. They can slow down your offense. They can force turnovers. And I'm telling you, when you don't value the basketball against Maryland, you're at their mercy because that's when they're able to, you know, get get out in transition, like I said before. And when they're out in transition, they're extremely difficult to, to stop. You know, Cheyenne Sellers is 6'3". Uh, Diamond Miller is 6'3". They're all able to get out in transition and make plays. And when, they, and when they're able to make plays, they're able to drive and kick and find Brandon Alexander, find Abby Myers, and, and have success. So if Maryland's able to find a way just to, you know, push the pace and drive and kick and find their open players, they can get really interesting tomorrow morning. Yeah. And you you know, Damon, it's it's all it's all about, you know, Maryland's Maryland's, you know, bread and butter. It's it's their points off turnovers, right? And I I, I think that anytime Maryland's able to speed up the game tomorrow is a time when they're not, when they're gonna be able to succeed. Absolutely, absolutely. I agree. Um, so I'm Damon Brooks, this is Andrew Chodis. We want to thank you all for joining us for the Testudo Times Women Basketball Women Basketball Edition. We hope to have you all soon. You know, make given it that Maryland makes it to the League Eight. Thank you all for joining us. We look hope to talk to you soon. Thank you. Four.